Well, good morning, Tab. I hope you've had a good week, or at least as good of a week as you could have in these trying times that we find ourselves in. Today we're going to finish the It's Not Over sermon series, and before I begin, I just want to you know, tell you it's, it's hard to preach to a camera with a room with nobody in it except for my cats wandering around. It's, it's, it's hard to do that. So I'm going to post a, a graphic, and it has some emojis that you can give to, to maybe give me a little bit of encouragement. I, will always, I always go back and I watch the sermons afterwards, and it, it encourage me, encourages me to see when you kind of talk back, because I don't get that interaction in front of a camera. So do that. Do me that favor. And, and again, post the selfies of where you are watching it. I, I love seeing those. I saw you know, when, when Judy was uh, making some food to take over to another uh, a family who needed some help. And you know, it was good to be able to see Rick and Sally with their dog. It's, it's fun to see that stuff. I didn't have as much fun last week. I was, I was running that live stream between two different computers. So it's kind of stressful for me last week. It's actually easier this week being in front of the camera than it is trying to run everything technologically behind it. So without, anyway, let, let's go ahead and finish the It's Not Over sermon series. So it was probably about a month or so ago when Amy's alternator on her car went out. And I did the research, I called the dealership, found out how much the part was going to be, how much the, the labor was going to be, and it was going to be expensive. So I did what any good husband would do. I got on YouTube and I searched, how do you change the alternator on a Jeep Commander? Found a couple videos, watched them, and it looked surprisingly easy. So I ordered the parts, they arrived, I got home from work one day, changed my clothes, went out in the garage, opened the hood, and set out in changing her alternator. The old one came off really easy, the new one went on pretty easy, but it was at that point when I realized my mistake. I hadn't paid attention to how the belt wrapped around all of the pulleys, and I had no idea how to get that belt back on correctly. It was at that moment that I felt like quitting. Why? Because starting something is so much easier than finishing it. I wanted to quit, but I didn't. I, I, I didn't want that embarrassment of having to call a tow, a tow truck to tow it to a mechanic and then have to admit that I started it but couldn't finish it. Maybe it's a little bit of pride in me, but, but I knew that I had to finish it. Luckily, Google had a diagram of how the belt went back on there. So following that diagram, I got the belt back on, cars running perfect. I felt a sense of accomplishment. See, that's how we're going to finish this sermon series. It's about finishing strong. Finishing strong is not the act of completing something, but the process that we go through on our way to completion. In fact, the moment that we start something is actually the, also the moment that we start the process of finishing. It's how we choose to live in that gap. The gap between the starting line and the finish line. It's, it's how we choose to live in that gap that will determine how we actually end 
the journey. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 puts it this way. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. We as a culture are much better at starting things than we are at finishing them. Do you want some examples? We love weddings. But if we're honest, we don't focus very much on the marriage after the wedding. We put all of our time and attention to making the wedding perfect. We don't put that much time and attention into improving the marriages themselves. We sign up for the gym, of course not now, but we all know that on January 1, the gyms will be packed. But give it a month or so, and people will stop coming. They won't hit that weight loss goal. They won't stick with it. We start new jobs with, with passion. But give it a month or two, maybe even a couple weeks, and we find ourselves grumbling about that job that just a short time prior we were so passionate about. The fact of the matter is, this is not new. Book of Revelation, chapter 2, says this. It says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. That problem with finishing has been around. A long time. So today, as we finish up this sermon series, I want to give you three ways. Three ways to finish strong. First way is to manage your expectations. The only way to finish strong in the pursuit of our God-sized dreams is to start and to run each race with realistic expectations. Jesus talked about that very thing in Luke chapter 14. He said, but don't finish, don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? It reminds me of Legos. Did you like Legos? You buy these Legos with like 4,000 pieces and you put them together and it looks like some awesome Star Wars ship. To be honest, I was never good at Legos. I could never put the Legos together to make it look like what the box said it would look like. It's easy to start a Lego set. It's easy to start pursuing a God-sized dream. But you need to put together all those 4,000 different Lego pieces scattered all over the floor if you want to finish strong. You'll have to work through those moments that cause you pain, anger, exhaustion, disappointment, fear, and discouragement. You'll need to make that decision to keep going even when everything inside of you wants to give up. You see, everything inside of me, when I got to that point and didn't know how to get that belt back on, everything inside of me wanted to give up. 
But I knew I had to keep going. On a practical level, managing your expectations means being aware from the very beginning that those difficult times, those difficult moments, they will come. It means knowing up front that achieving your God-sized dream will be hard, will require sacrifice. The second way to finish strong is to fight back against discouragement. That's a tough one. But Jesus himself warned us that discouragement would come, that this hardship would be there. John chapter 16, he says this, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Discouragement is the emotional evidence that what you're fighting for is worth the fight. If it wasn't worth the fight, there wouldn't be discouragement in the first place. We've got to fight that discouragement. We've got to battle it. So let me give you some ways to battle discouragement. The first way I'm just going to say is called consult. Talk with people who've gone before you and have probably experienced the very same things that are so discouraging to you right now. They've probably been there. Talk with them. Consult with them. Get their advice. Galatians chapter 6 says this. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. Second way to battle discouragement is what I'm going to call capture. When you get hit with discouragement or other negative thoughts, you need to recognize it for what it is. It's discouragement. It is Satan trying to keep you from accomplishing that God-sized dream and reject that discouragement with quick prayers to fight that discouragement. Some examples? No, I reject the thought that I will never find happiness. I reject the lie that my career is struck in is stuck and I will never advance in my career. I say no to the lie that I will never find freedom from this addiction. Second Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this. It says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We've got to fight those negative thoughts with quick prayers. Next one's kind of related to that. It's control. You can also actively declare positive thoughts over your life in a similar way to what we did with the negative thoughts. Quick prayers such as, I am a child of God and He cares for me. God is a provider for my family and I trust Him with my career. 
I have been healed of my sin by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. And I will gain victory over this addiction. Positive words of affirmation. Claim them over your life. Proverbs 18 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those positive prayers can bring life to you. Matthew chapter 12 puts it this way, The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Use them to lift you up. The next way to battle discouragement is to commit. When discouragement is trying to knock you down, when it's trying to knock you off course, trying to keep you from pursuing those God-sized dreams, make a fresh commitment to trust God and His promises. Romans chapter 8, a well-known verse says it this way, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Third way to finish strong is to focus on what you can control. We spend so much time focusing on what we can't control. God tells us to focus on what we can control. If you've ever planted grass seed, and the very next day you go out expecting the grass to be sprouting up out of the ground, that's not something we can control. We have to let the seed and the water and the germination process take its course. We can't control that. But we exhaust ourselves in the pursuit of our dreams if we keep trying to manage things over which we have no control. Let me ask you this today. In what ways are you trying to do God's job for Him right now? You know what I mean. We, we try to do his job for him, like he can't do it himself, and we don't do what we're supposed to be doing. We have to focus on what we can control and let God take care of the rest. Our timing and God's timing may not be the same, but that doesn't mean that he isn't still right here beside us throughout the entire journey. He's right here. He wants that God-sized dream to be accomplished. Philippians chapter 3 says this. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Are you going to finish strong?
Are you going to focus on what you can control? Makes me think of Walt Disney. We tend to think of him as some super successful person with theme parks and all that stuff. But the reality of the matter is, before all of that success, he was a failure. He went through many bankruptcies before achieving his dream. Our culture celebrates that perfectly posed photo when someone crosses the finish line of an important race. But we often ignore the sweaty, painful miles of endurance, grit, faith, and hard work that it took to reach that finish line. Perhaps we should celebrate the photos of all the hard work more than the photo at the finish line. Here's the challenge. God has a great, big, beautiful tomorrow for each of you. He has a God-sized dream for each of us. He has a plan and a purpose for our life. Sure, you may think that your best days are behind you. You may want to give up chasing that God-sized dream because you've been praying for years You've pursued it for years, and it just seems easier to give up. Easier to let those things, to let those dreams die than to live another day hoping that they come true. Here's the challenge. May you always remember that as long as you have breath in your lungs, as long as you have a God-sized dream in your heart. As long as you have the willingness to finish strong. It's not over. No matter what you're going through, it's not over. Embrace that dream, that God-sized dream Fight for it. Follow through and finish strong. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the, the message of this series. Thank you for those God-sized dreams that you have put inside each and every one of us. Thank you. Help us. Help us to commit our lives to those dreams. Help us to finish Help us to be used by you. In Jesus' name.